You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the science behind making core buildups more predictable. Our guest is Dr. Marian Fanica, an international lecturer and hands-on dental trainer in Europe and Asia. And actually right now as we're speaking with Dr. Fanica, he's in Romania. So we are definitely doing this uh, class in a form of distance learning. So welcome, Dr. Fanica. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk today. It's a pleasure for me to, to be here, Phil. And uh, if I can make uh, more things clear after this interview, that, that will be my, my main goal. And we are very happy to have you on the show because you have a great amount of expertise and knowledge in core buildups. So let's start right in with our first question. What are the clinical indications for core buildup and what role do bonding materials play in this procedure? So every time when uh, we deal with a large coronal destruction because of the decay, uh, fracture, attrition, uh, we must reconstruct the missing uh, part or to create enough volume to, to place a crown or a bridge on that tooth. The best approach for a core buildup is to use an uh, adhesive technique because this creates a block with, uh, of the core buildup material with the tooth structure and uh, better transmit the forces, uh, reducing, the, reducing the risk of fracture. Also, a core buildup uh, material, it's especially created to act as close as possible as the tooth structure, basically flexing and compressing together. So I will always use a, I will always use a bonded uh, in my practice a bonded uh, glass fiber post or quartz post to to reconstruct uh, uh, severely decayed or fractured tooth. What is the state in which the tooth has to be in, where the doctor says, okay, this tooth needs a post core buildup? Uh, or or needs a core buildup. Now, when you say core buildup, you're not talking necessarily about posts, are you? Uh, usually, when I'm talking about core buildup, I'm talking in my situation about uh, about posts. For uh, okay. for me, the the best approach will be, and I will explain to the patient if the if a tooth will have will loss around uh, half of the coronal size due to the K or different reasons, I will make a, a crown or overlay. Uh, if I'm only to reconstruct to make like uh, a core buildup without using a post, I will go for an endocrum and I will make an overlay. But every time when I'm cementing a, a post, I will put a crown on that uh, on that. So this is my uh, this is my strategy. Okay. So w- when it, when when you have a tooth that's broken down and compromised, if half the remaining tooth structure is missing, you would use a post and core. I will use a post and core, except the cases when I will have the enamel still intact. I will have like a class one cavity, so I will have uh, enough enamel. And in this case, I will make uh, an overlay or endocrine if okay. it's uh, predictable. But depends on the lot of factor, the hygiene, uh, hygiene of the of the patient. Um, I will recommend the crown in the in the patients, uh, elder patients that don't have a really uh, good hygiene because it can interfere the cementation of the um, endocrine or uh, overlay. Uh, if they have uh, a bad hygiene, will uh, in time will interfere with the cement. So I prefer a crown in, the, in this case. When you say overlay, is that similar to what we call as an onlay? Same concept? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Usually only overlay, overlay, it's more extended. It's more extended on the oral and buccal, buccal side. It's like a partial crown. It's mm-hmm. almost a crown, but it's not a full crown. Right, but it's, it's super gingival, correct? The margins yeah. are not below yeah. the gingiva? All the time, 
Right. Okay. Yeah, all the time they are super gingival. Right. And what on what you're referring to is an overlay. Okay. Um, so why is it so critical that core materials, um, core building materials, exhibit really high adaptation? That's that's one question. And yeah. also, why is it so important that a core building material has the capability of creating a strong bond to the post surface? Tell us a little bit about that. And then um, the second part of that question is, how important is it to consider shrinkage when considering core buildup materials? Because I'm a, I'm an endodontist, and usually the the teeth that are I'm treating are with the severe the destruction. Most of the time, I think 90% of the time on the teeth that I'm treating, I'm I will place also a post, a quartz or a glass fiber post. Um, in my opinion, the most important uh, thing when doing a core buildup that will be the adhesive. That is the probably the most important part of the core buildup uh, procedure, and there should be no compromises when you are choosing uh, your bonding your adhesive for a core buildup. The adhesive is that uh, component that takes all the stress from the polymerization shrinkage of the core buildup material. All composites uh, material exhibit shrinkage when curing, and the material with a higher uh, content of filler will have a lower shrinkage. Imagine, for example, um, a cavity of class one, and uh, let's rec uh, reconsider the C factor, the conformation factor, which is the ratio between bonded versus unbonded surfaces. And in class one, uh, it's five, because you have uh, five walls that you are bonding, and one uh, wall that it's uh, on the occlusal plane that where you don't have a bonding. Uh, this is the reason why we are placing composites when making a direct composite filling in 45 angle uh, degrees to reduce the C factor for, uh, to three or even two and have a lower shrinkage in the end. Uh, when performing a core buildup reinforced with a fiberglass, uh, for example, the C factor can reach even a value of 500, which is huge. Uh, and this will result in a high mechanical stress on the adhesive. Uh, that's why uh, I highly recommend uh, a good adhesive and a high uh, content filler uh, core buildup material together. Okay, so the, you want high content filler material inside that core material. Exactly. And then you um, need a very strong uh, adhesive bonding agent as, as far as yeah. the ability to, to bond to tooth structure, both enamel and dentin, I would assume. What is a filler that's, what kind of filler filler are we talking about that's in the core buildup? A glass particles? Uh, or? Yeah, the glass particle, the inorganic part, the part that mm -hmm. will not go into the reaction, that will not uh, shrink, uh, that will be uh, stable. Mm -hmm. um, if you have, for example, a core buildup material with 60% uh, inorganic filler uh, inside, that will shrink much, much more than the one that will have, for example, uh, one with uh, 74%. Right. So, but as you increase the as you increase the filler material, well, how does that the, affect the viscosity? That? Will, yeah, the, will uh, will increase. Also. Right. So you so have a higher viscosity. It's, isn't it harder to yeah, work that's, with? That's that's why you should keep uh, always to look on the on one material that it's uh, viscous enough that will have a low shrinkage, but 
it will also flow inside the inside the root canal because you can use for example a core build up that will have 90% but it will be impossible to to place it inside the inside the root canal so you have to find the one core build up material with a really high viscosity uh, uh with a low viscosity and enough uh, inorganic filler inside okay so, so you should try a few yeah yeah uh, yeah so um when you say that you're using the um, core build-up material inside the post space or the root canal, by the way, I'm an endodontist. Yep. I'm an endodontist as well, so it's nice to talk to okay, another perfect. endodontist. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there was a time where we put posts in using a resin cement and cemented yep. the post in, and then once that was set up, we then applied the core material on top of that. Are you suggesting that the post is placed into the root canal? using the core material as a looting agent yeah that's this is what, how i'm doing it and for okay. example i know a lot of dentists that will cement uh, the glass fiber post the quartz the carbon doesn't matter inside the root canal with uh, self-etching self-bonding uh, resin cement right and this is really easy to do because the, that cement is designed for cementing. It's, it will have a high uh, viscosity, high uh, flowability. Um, you don't have to bother with uh, adhesive if they are chemically compatible or not. You just fill the space with cement and place the post. Um, I will not recommend that because doing, for example, using uh, adhesive and a resin uh, uh, core buildup uh, composite uh, separately, it will always give you a higher adhesion. Uh, really good uh, self-etching, self-bonding cement will have around 8, maybe 10 megapascals uh, adhesion to the dentin. But if you are using, for example, uh, separately the, the steps, if you are using uh, self-etching, self-dual-curing uh, uh, um, adhesive inside the root canal, I think the worst right now on the, on the market will be around uh, 15 megapascal. So, a good one will have around 30 megapascal, so at least three times more adhesion. And keep in mind that the cements are designed to have a really, really uh, low thickness. So that's why the particles inside, uh, inside them, uh, they are really small, and they are not designed to take a lot of uh, physical uh, stress. So with the, with the cement, it's one simple rule. Uh, thinner the layer, it's much, much better for the, for the outcome of the restoration. With the roots, for example, you can have uh, like a distal uh, root from the lower molars that it's ovoid in shape. Your post will be cylindrical. So you have a lot of empty space filled only by, uh, by the cement. And that cement will shrink a lot, much more than the, the core builder material. Okay, so that's the key thing. So that material in bulk inside the post space is dangerous as far as um, yeah, yeah. failure. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it, exactly. it, so just to be on the safe side, if you just develop a clinical protocol of using the core material, the core material as a uh, looting agent and yeah. can continue on to finish the core over the post that's extending out of the canal and it becomes like more of a monoblock monoblock. Exactly. So okay. you'll, you'll, don't use two different materials, one for cementing, one for the reconstructing the coronal part. You'll have the same material inside the root canal and uh, also on the coronal part. They, they will act uh, as, a, as a whole. Right. But what, what do you do to the, and you're probably going to, I probably have this in my questions, but as we're talking about it, what do you do to the canal itself before you <clears throat> 
apply the core material and post into the post space? What, how do you treat the canal wall? Okay, so for me, most of the time I will place the the glass fiber post in the in the same session with the root canal treatment. It will take five minutes more, but and it's much more predictable in that uh, in that way. So the the first thing that I will do, I will fill with uh, I will backfill with uh, with gutta percha all the root canal. Then I will take uh, a gates burr and I will just remove a part from that uh, that gutta percha on low speed without water and just will melt the gutta percha and it will leave a clean root canal. And also, I will just imagine that I, uh, I will paint basically with the gates all the sides of the root canal because I want to remove a, just a superficial layer from the from the dentin that was affected by the sodium hypochlorite or the citric acid because uh, that is affected dentin and all the bonding or the cement if you are using the cement will have a low adhesion on that uh, on that dentin so you just want to remove uh, a small layer on the superficial dentin that is called dentin shave off and after that I will just put dual cure adhesive inside the root canal and all the remaining tooth structure. After that, I will inject the core buildup material inside the root canal, place the glass fiber post, and then add more core buildup material. That's all. And I will leave it to self-cure. So you did mention a dual-cure adhesive that you place after you've used the gates glidden prior to the yeah. core buildup. And that dual-cure adhesive, give me an example of, of that material. I, I personally use uh, Conexia from Centrix. Uh, there is also Futura DC from Voco. There, there are not that many uh, on on the on the market, but it's really important to use a dual cure uh, adhesive. Okay, it's and, called, it's called Conexia. Yeah, it's Conexia. Okay, Conexia from Centrix. Uh, how do you apply that into the root canal space? Just with a small um, uh, applicator. So mm -hmm. first time I will apply the bonding on the glass fiber post. I will just take a glass fiber post, applying on the glass fiber post, take the air spray, air thin it. Then I will take the, the bonding, mm -hmm. place it inside the root canal and all the remaining two structure for 20 seconds. Just scrub it really, really well, all the, all the dentin. I will take again the air spray. I will air thin it. And now is the important part when you have to take um, a paper point and insert it uh, inside the root canal. Otherwise, you'll uh, just leave a lot of bonding inside the, inside the root canal. So with the bonding also, it's, uh, it's true like cement, uh, less bonding, it's better for the, for the outcome of, the, of your final, uh, final work. Because some, if something will fail in dentistry, especially in the adhesive dentistry, all the time, the adhesive will be the one that uh, that fails. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, essentially, when you, when a restoration fails, whether it's a what you call an overlay or an onlay um, or a full yeah. crown, the patient will have the crown or restoration in their hand with the post coming out exactly. of the, the crown, and not in, it won't be inside the tooth. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Um, so tell us something about um, whether we need to do. There there are some dentists that use silane. Um, on fiber posts. What is your thoughts yeah. on that? I, I personally don't use silane for treating the, the fiber post. I use only the adhesive, like uh, I said earlier, to the same dual cure adhesive that I use to treat the, the root canal space and the remaining to the structure. Uh, there is nothing wrong in uh, treating the, the post with silane, but all the studies that I, uh, that I uh, read, I saw some, a few of them that uh, show just a small benefit 
others that show no benefits, and other studies that even found a, a decrease in adhesion. For me, it's another step then I can avoid without uh, compromising the, the outcome of the of the core buildup. So I personally don't use silane. If you are comfortable uh, with using a silane and with an additional uh, step, of course you can uh, you can use it. But I never uh, heard any dentist that the post the glass fiber post dismantled from the from the root canal and the core buildup material used for the cementation stayed inside. Basically, uh, most of the time, when you have a cementation, you'll have the, the cement that you are using or the composite that you are using to cement the, the post in the first place around the glass fiber post. So imagine that also the, the composite will shrink around the, the glass fiber post. So only by friction will be keep, uh, kept uh, inside the root canal. Yeah, that, that makes so, total sense, right? So, absolutely, the weakest point is not the post going against going against the composite; it's the post inside the root canal. So, that's yeah. that's almost completely superfluous step is to use silane. Uh, like you said, the mechanical retention alone probably would be stronger than that's than the bond that's taking place between the post and the dental wall. Um, what are the effects of delayed light polymerization of dual cure composite based on micro leakage? So delayed light curing uh, is that technique when uh, working with a dual cure composite, we let it first set for five, uh, four or five minutes by self cure, and after uh, five four minutes, after that time when the material self cure, we are uh, placing the light cure unit over the material. By using this technique, well, we are minimizing the the shrinkage of the material because we are leaving it to self cure first which usually results in a half volumetric shrinkage compared to light cure mode. This is happening because the self-cure reaction is much uh, slower, four or five minutes compared to 20, 40 seconds for the light cure mode. And this is allows the, the monomers to have time to organize in a, a long, uh, more uniform polymer chains, uh, also distributing the shrinkage uh, stress uniformly inside the material. After the material, it's uh, cured through self-cure, we are bringing also the light cure unit into, into the game to, to activate also more of the monomers that didn't uh, went to the reaction in the first time. Uh, this technique will lead uh, to less shrinkage of the, of the material, trading off a little bit of the mechanical properties. So it's a, uh, it's a compromise, a little bit of, uh, of compromise because uh, the core buildup, the composite itself, will lose a few megapascals on compression, but will not uh, shrink that much. So basically will shrink almost uh, half. What, as, what a, uh, very interesting technique. What was the delay that you mentioned as far as time? Uh, sorry? What, what, what's the, the, the delay uh, between the time you uh, place the post and then actually do the light polymerization? Four minutes. So after I'm placing the core build material inside the root canal and I will add more on the coronal part, I will leave it uh, for four minutes to, to self-cure, four or five minutes. Four or five minutes. Uh, yeah, and after that, uh, the dental assistant will, will take the light cure unit and uh, light cure it for 40 seconds. And uh, after that, I will start to, to prepare, basically cut the, the post and uh, make uh, mm -hmm. uh, adjustment to the, to the core buildup. Do, do most uh, endodontists in Europe do the post-core buildup uh, in their office rather than send it back to the general dentist to do it? 
Um, more and more endodontists start right now, and the general dentist, uh, I think, understood why the endodontist, for example, should uh, should place in the in the first place, and they are not sending back the the patient. So, in my opinion, and I think this this should be general. Uh, I see placing the glass fiber post as a part of the endodontic treatment, because imagine that I uh, treat that root, I know exactly where that root uh, if has a curvature i know exactly uh, how large that root is and a few times uh, years ago uh, because i uh, work a lot of, as a referral dentist uh, i will make the root canal treatment i will place uh, something provisional there i will send it back to the general dentist and then the patient will come back to the dental office with a perforation for example for me, placing a glass fiber post is, uh, is a part of the endodontic yeah. <clears throat> treatment. Yeah, and that makes total sense, um, especially since you know the anatomy of the tooth. You've just worked on the tooth. It's all fresh in your yeah, mind. Exactly. You could, <clears throat> your visualization is there. I know exactly the insertion uh, direction exactly. of, the, of the post. Even on the same, on the same patient, if I, I were to, to place the glass fiber post uh, a week later, I will not feel that comfortable like uh, if I it was to to place it in the same session. Yeah, I mean sometimes in in the states the endodontist would prepare the post space, fit the post, and then send it back in an envelope. That the, we used to do that years ago, but then we stopped, and we're we're doing more along the lines of what you're doing, which is um it, is, it makes no sense not to put the post in and fully have it integrated into the tooth. Also, just uh, um, because uh, I want to clarify something, I saw an older, um, old study, I don't know, I think it's uh, six, seven years ago, and um, that study showed that uh, success rate when uh, making a reconstruction with the glass fiber post uh, was around 30% for a sure. general mm -hmm. dentist and 96% uh, for an endodontist. And I wonder why this huge gap between the success rate uh, between a general dentist and uh, endodontist. I think we'll talk um, later about how important it is to use the rubber dam, for example. How important it is to use um, self-etch uh, and uh, especially to be a dual cure uh, bonding inside the, inside the, the root canal. Mm -hmm. So, What did you say the success rate of a GP was in that study? 30% only that. But they took into account also the dental students, and they just... Was that, it was is 30% 30 the failure rate or the success rate? Su success rate, I'm sorry, the success rate. Right, so, so 70%... Yeah. 70% failed, you're saying? At two years. So the, wow. the time frame was two years. At two years, it was 30%. And uh, most of them uh, were uh, decimentation. That was the, the main thing. Okay, so, so the, yeah. basically no fracture. the restoration just came out. No exactly. retention. No yeah. retention. Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting study. Um, let's talk about failures. When considering core buildups, what are some of the failures and how do you try to avoid them? So in the first and first place will be the lack of the ferrule effect. So if we don't have at least one two millimeter in height and at least one millimeter uh, thickness of the remaining tooth structure, the risk of fracture is really, really high. Uh, for me, the the first thing will be if the clamp from the for the rubber dam will stay in place 
probably the crown will stay in place. So if I have any issue isolating a tooth, that tooth should be extracted, in my opinion. Uh, when we don't have enough tooth structure left, we can perform a crown lengthening by gingivectomy or alveolar plasty by means of uh, osseous surgery. Uh, so I'm dealing a lot of time with uh, teeth that are half a millimeter, one millimeter uh, broken uh, below the gingival line. And still those uh, teeth are in the patient mouth after after years. But only because I uh, I made the uh, surgical crown lengthening or, or gingivectomy and I gained a little bit more uh, crown. My, my um, rule will be the, the following. After you are cleaning the all that it is decay, when you are left with a sound tooth structure, if you are uh, taking a periodontal probe, you should have at least five millimeters from the from the bone level to the uh, to the sound tooth structure. Why five millimeters? Because you need three millimeter for um, um, biological width, and you need additional two millimeters for the feral effect. If you don't have uh, five millimeters, you you should take a, a burr, you should make a, a alveolar plasty, just make a crown lengthening. Sometimes it's not possible uh, because you can alter the the smile line if you are working with a gummy smile patient. Uh, Sometimes you can expose the furcation, and in this case, okay, you can place a crown, no problem. You save the tooth, but that tooth will make a, a periodontal pocket and it's just the same uh, same thing as uh, losing it. And the lack of using a dual cure adhesive inside the root canal uh, can lead to adhesive failures. And in my opinion, this is the most frequent uh, failure uh, that I've uh, heard from other dentists. So basically, uh, after a while or after a week, the glass fiber post just uh, will dismantle from, uh, from inside the root canal. Mm-hmm. And that is the the lack of using a dual cure adhesive. Right. Uh, perforation. It's another another failure that can uh, can occur, and especially on the mesial root of the lower molars. So, because you have uh, a root that is really narrow in the um, mesial and distal way, and also will have a curvature, and also the the root canal itself will be much more closer to the um, uh, internal curvature of the of the root. So you have have to be really careful when placing the um, a glass fiber post or a metal post. Doesn't matter on the mesial root of the lower molars. You don't often use that root for posts, do you? I mean, isn't it? No, no, yeah. no. Only the distal root that will be. I think only twice I had to place a. Um, a post on the mesial root only because I had a perforation, for example, on the distal root. It was uh, repaired with uh, MTA, and uh, I didn't have any addition there. So in that case, you, you probably use a very small post, also. Exactly, yeah. just the one that fit passively inside the inside mm-hmm. the the root. I never tried to enlarge the the root to accommodate, for example, for the for the thickest post that I have. I know sure. that it's a it's it's a practice you need uh, and comes from uh, from the era when we, we use a lot of cast metallic posts. And first you have to enlarge because you have to take an impression. So here, any uh, the most advanced material that you can place inside the root canal, it cannot replace the dentin that is there. So mm-hmm. don't remove dentin to create space for a, a glass post that will will not be the same thing as a as a dentin. 
I see a lot of dentists use for core buildup uh, glass isomers, for example, or regular composites uh, that are designed for direct restoration. And that can lead also to, to failures because they are not designed to, to, be phys uh, to have the same physical properties. They are not uh, resistant enough for that. For example, if you are taking the instruction from a glass animal, you'll see on the on the instruction that they are recommended also for core buildups. What the producer will not uh, uh, tell to you that they are not recommended when you have total destruction of the of the crown. So, for example, if you have a small decay, of course you can reconstruct that uh, that decay. Twenty percent of the tooth structure will uh, will miss. So you can reconstruct 25% with glass armor, for example, but the most of the resistance will be given by the remanent structure. When you have severe uh, tooth destruction, then the most part of the stress will uh, be placed on the core builder material. And the core builder materials, um, they're physically different than the composites that we are using in, uh, for direct restoration. Uh, because the core builder materials that you are using to cement the post and re reconstruct the coronal part, usually they will have a larger particle size of inorganic filler. The, um, they will be usually micro or macro fill uh, composites. On the other side, the direct uh, restoration composites will, have, will be nanofilled. Because with direct composite, you want aesthetic. With uh, core builder material, you want to resist on the on the mechanical pressure, right. all with, the mechanical. With that larger filler size of the core builder material versus the direct restorative, like you said, the nanofills, yeah. which obviously the nanofills, like you said, is for polishability, aesthetics, et cetera. Um, will we not get less flowability with the larger particle size, though, where it would be a challenge to get that to fully adapt in, in those ovoid canals that we talked about? Yeah, when we are talking about uh, a larger particle size, we are talking something like between 20 and uh, 50 microns uh, compared uh, with something between 5 and uh, uh, 20 microns for uh, uh, the largest particle size for a nanofill. We are saying that there are nanofill, but usually the average particle size is uh, between 1 5 microns. Uh, I think the, the lowest one will be a nanofill, a really nanofill composite. So... Even the largest particle at uh, five, uh, 50 microns will will be no issues because all the time uh, I have uh, another rule that I didn't mention. When I'm uh, checking the fitting of the glass fiber post inside the root canal, I want to be sure that I have a small wiggle of the of the post inside the the root canal. I don't want the perfect fitting of the post inside the root canal. Uh, first time when I start to place uh, the glass fiber post, I will just take the burrs from the from the kit. And for example, if I will place a glass fiber post with a diameter of 1.4 millimeter, I will take the burr with a diameter of 1.4, and that sounds perfect to me. But uh, until that one point when a patient came back with a crown and the glass fiber post sticking from that crown, and there was no cement inside the, the root canal, and there was no cement around the glass fiber post. Why? Because uh, the glass fiber post had the perfect fitting inside the root canal, and when I inserted uh, the post inside the root, all the cement uh, came out. So I need a little bit more space between the, the root canal walls and the glass fiber post just to be sure I, I will have enough cement in there. Yes, yeah, that... that... Uh, can actually aligns with all the research that um, 
is out there that's saying that a, a, a thicker layer of uh, material that's down in that post space and having a passively uh, positioned post is much more exactly. favorable, much yeah. more favorable to retention than having something that's very perfectly fitted with a very thin layer. I mean, that, that goes along with all the tensile strength, uh, the tensile testing that they've done uh, in all the different types of instrument machines that they use to test this. So that's absolutely in, in alignment with all the research. Um, and I think it's another, uh, the, the last issue is not that common uh, anymore. Uh, it's when you have a root canal that it's uh, operated, for example, with the uh, zinc oxide eugenol. And you know, eugenol is not compatible with the uh, artistic technique. So other means of uh, core buildup uh, should uh, be taken into account, like uh, cast post. But I'm, I'm not using uh, zinc oxide, so I, I'm not personally worried about, uh, about this issue. What, what do you use with your gutta percha? As your uh, root canal cement, I'm using uh, AH plus. Okay, mm -hmm. I think it's uh, from from Densply. Yeah, and that's a resin based. Yeah, it's resin based. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that 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 definitely makes sense. I mean, there are advantages to having eugenol in root canals, but when you're talking about doing a post, obviously there's contraindications. Like you said, it 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 doesn't work well with with uh, composite resin at all. Um, yeah, that's could you give us some of the best practices when planning and performing a restoration? Okay, so my number one thing on the list is the rubber dam. My really simple, no rubber dam, no treatment. Uh, because we are working with composites for core buildup procedure, which are hydrophobic, even a slight contamination with saliva, blood, or even with the moisture from respiration uh, can result in failure. So also, placing the rubber dam will be the first test for the for the success of the future crown. It might uh, clamp from uh, from the uh, for the rubber dam will not stay on that tooth. No crown will, will stay on uh, on that. Tooth. So this is the the first test. And for me, uh, rubber dam, I told you this is the the first thing that uh, uh, I will do. The next one will be always use a dual cure uh, adhesive inside the root canal and can be no compromises here. Uh, and I always use a self-fetch dual cure adhesive. So as I mentioned, I, I use Conexio for a few, um, I think six or seven years right now. And another one will be use a high fill uh, self or dual cure material when uh, performing a reinforced core buildup. Uh, as I told you earlier, I always remove a very, very superficial layer of the dentin after performing the root canal treatment. Basically to remove that dentin that was affected by the sodium hypochlorite uh, EDTA or, uh, or citric acid. And as I told you uh, earlier, all the time choose the post that fit inside the root canal. Don't make the root canal to fit the post. So don't use drill to remove a lot of dentin, only to accommodate a larger post. Just see how the large root canal is and take a post and uh, put it inside the root canal. See if it, uh, if it fits. If it doesn't fit, take a smaller one. Mm -hmm. And in large tooth uh, structure loss, a crumb should always uh, follow a core buildup procedure. Because in the in the past, I will have a large coronal uh, destruction. Uh, I will place the grass, uh, glass fiber post. I will make the core buildup. I will tell to the patient, you know, uh, this tooth should have a crown you should come back for a crown. And for two years, I uh, never see that uh, patient again. And of course, that would fracture this uh, this whole time. When 
Placing a glass fiber post and a core build-up is like making a foundation for a building. But if you are not placing also a roof over that foundation, that foundation will, uh, uh, would fail in the, in the end. The main, main reason of uh, failures in time will be, imagine that uh, you have the tooth structure, you have the adhesive, and then you have the core build-up. You have something like a sandwich. And the thing that will fail in time will be the adhesive, uh, by, mostly by hydrolytic degradation. When you are placing a crown over that uh, core build-up, you basically taking into account the further effect. That crown will extend one to millimeter at least on the tooth structure. And basically, the layer of the adhesive will be protected by the moisture in the, in the mouth. So uh, it will not be degraded over time. This is the most important thing. Because one thing that is not that well known uh, about about uh, the dentist, and I didn't know that thing. Usually, uh, I, I I saw a new uh, bonding com uh, coming on the market, and the my regular one will have something like 25 megapascals. I will give you an example on the dentist, and the new one will have something like 40, 50 megapascals. I said, okay, this one is twice the addition. It's much much better. What the producer didn't uh, gave me. It's the addition on six month difference in time that usually decrease in half. And the addition over one year that also uh, is going down. So you have to protect that, uh, protect that uh, layer of adhesive with a crown. So mm -hmm. I think th this is in my mind the, the first, uh, first goal. The most important thing, yeah. And, so yeah. Um, to, to, to uh, wrap up this podcast, tell us what you prefer in your office when it comes to doing a core buildup. What are the predictable materials that uh, you could depend on to use for these procedures? Right now, and uh, for the six, seven years, I'm using uh, Anchor DC Minimix and uh, Connexio, both from uh, Centrix Dental. Uh, and I use these products because they, they met all my uh, my requests. In the first place, uh, that is if it's self-edge, it's dual cure, and also really, really important, it's water-based uh, adhesive. Uh, why this is important? Because when I'm uh, when you are placing the, the adhesive inside the root canal and all the remaining tooth structure, usually with the four or fifth generation adhesive, the dentin should be slightly moist. We we know that really well, but you cannot obtain that uh, in the um, in the dental office. So having a bonding that it's water based. You don't care about if the dentin is really moist or really dry. Doesn't matter because you never should etch the the dentin when you are working with uh, self-etch bonding, only the enamel, that it's a selective etching. So you just don't care about the moisture level of the dentin because you have water. You just apply the adhesive, then you are taking the air spray, air thin it, uh, evaporate the solvent, which in this case is water, then put a paper point uh, inside. Of course, you don't want a lot of water or saliva in any, uh, any way there. And then uh, Anchor DC Minimix, in my uh, in my opinion, and from all the products that I I test and I uh, I tested uh, quite a few, um, is the material that is the strongest from a mechanical point of view, but it's also flowable. So it's on that limit when you can make the material a little bit uh, just add more inorganic filler inside and will not flow. And this, this material, it's on the upper limit because it's on that point when you can still uh, inject it in, so inside the root canal and you can leave it uh, for five minutes to self-cure 
without worrying that will start to drip off from the from the preparation. So it will keep the the shape that you uh, first given to the to the material. So that's why with this material I can do delayed light curing um, because I have also other core build up uh, in my in my dental offices in my dental office and I uh, usually use them when I have like a minimal invasive uh, preparation. So in that case it doesn't matter to have a really strong uh, material. Yeah. Um, so that's, but that's have, Encore. Yeah. Encore. There's an Encore DC. Is it any particular kind of Encore that that you're talking about? As far as the, Encore DC Mini Mix is the the small cartridge, not the big cartridge. It's the small cartridge. Encore DC Mini Mix. Okay. Mini Mix. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Mini Mix uh, cartridge. Okay. Um, and I can sincerely tell you that my uh, success rate, since I'm using this product, uh, it's around 99% since I started to do follow-ups like uh, five years ago. I don't take into account the, the patient that maybe they will have a documentation and never came back to the dental office. So usually I know my, uh, I know my patients and I, have, uh, I had only four failures in, uh, since I remember in the last five years. All that, uh, those failures were because of the lack of the feral effect. All of them were on the upper lateral incisor which is in accordance with uh, all the literature. Because the upper lateral incisor will have the highest risk of fracture from all the teeth when you are doing uh, a core buildup with a glass fiber post at yeah. a diseased duration. Yeah, and just to mention, the, uh, the Conexio that you mentioned, that's a dual cure self-edge bond, a seventh generation. It's a dual cure self-edge. Yeah, and it's a seventh uh, generation. It's and, a seventh generation bonding. Right, and that works what it, very well with the, apparently with the Encore DC. So they're very compatible. What it's, Really, really important for a, for a dentist uh, to know and uh, why the adhesive failure will appear. I met a lot of dentists that will give no importance to uh, importance to the adhesive that they are using. They are searching a lot for the core buildup, the perfect core buildup material. And when I'm asking what bonding you are using, I'm using the bonding that I have in my dental office. This is the the worst part that you can do because most of the bondings that are on the market are not chemically compatible with the self-cure or dual-cure materials. So if you are using a self-edge bonding, a seven-generation bonding, without an activator, together with a self-cure or a dual-cure composite, for sure you'll have a failure. And I can explain really, really short why. When you have a dual-cure composite, basically uh, you'll have like a tertiary amine, you have uh, the activator, that will initiate, will self-cure the, uh, the composite. But keep in mind that the adhesive that you are using, if it's a self-edge uh, adhesive, will have a low pH. On the pH lower than the four, basically the acid from the bonding will react with the catalyst. And on the interface between the composite and the bonding, there will be no catalyst left in place to start the reaction of the corbilla material. I don't know if that makes sense, but this mm -hmm. is the most frequent uh, reason of failure, of adhesive mm -hmm. failure. Also, a lot of um, types of fifth generation, so total edge uh, adhesive, will have also a pH lower than four, so they are not chemically compatible. So my advice will be all the time, be really, really sure what what bonding you are using together with, uh, with uh, the core builder material. Be sure that they are chemically uh, compatible. Don't take any bonding that you will find uh, around there and just use it inside the root canal. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, that, that's great, you... great insight. And that, I've heard that from a lot of KOLs is that when you're using, when you're doing this type of procedure, 
you can't take it for granted that whatever you have laying around in the office is going to work with your no, core that, buildup. Yeah. Yeah, that, we've heard that before, and that is a very, very good point, definitely. So we're, we're out of time right now, um, but this has been an excellent presentation. We hope to have you on in a future podcast. It would be something we would really enjoy to have you on again, and you can talk about other other procedures that you do in your office, because obviously as an endodontist, you have a, a lot of information that you can share with us. Thank you. Thank you in the first place for uh, for having me here, oh, Dr. Pleasure. Dr. Phil. Um, it, it was a it was a pleasure, and uh, in the future, if there will be more question, and I'm sure uh, there will be, maybe I wasn't that clear, and uh, I hope that uh, wasn't the case. I will gladly uh, respond to all the questions that uh, that will yeah. be. No, thank actually, you, you made you made, for... you made great sense. You covered a lot of clinically relevant information that uh, we all face on a day to day basis in our office, and I, there's there's some really key take home messages here, and. Um, I, I really hope that uh, our audience listens to this podcast probably more than once because there's so much great information. Thank you very much, and have a, have a great evening or day. You're, you're probably, well, you're about seven hours away from us on the time. Yeah, now, now it's night. <laughs> yeah, it's night <laughs> time. Thank, you, yeah, thank so, you so much. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. Have a great evening. Much.